Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos, and today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Look, the NBA Finals, it's over, baby. But baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets, futures, odds, news, and information. BetOnline, it's got all your online sports betting needs. So what are you waiting for? Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before that next pitch, you better head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. We're bringing back a guest. I'm so excited to talk about him. We're going to do a little bit of a sports buffet. Probably start with some hoops and then who knows what happens after that. He is a writer, producer, director for Fox NFL's pregame. He's coming back with another sparkling, hilarious season. It's Norm Souza. Hello, Norm. Hey, Joey. How are you? I'm great, man. Welcome back. Um, just wanted to bring you on. Uh, I, we were going to talk about a bunch of stuff, but there was a little thing called the NBA Finals last night. What? A little thing called, <laughs> little thing called uh, the NBA Championship is now in Cream City in Milwaukee. Let's just get uh, – I just want to get your reaction on that. I mean, you're a man. You're a Canadian sports fan. You just uh, held the title yourself a couple years ago. Talk about what, how your thoughts, your feelings about Milwaukee winning the title. I honestly like Milwaukee winning. I know a lot of Raptors fans have a lot of hate on for Giannis and the Bucks, which is so odd. Like if you went on like if you went on like uh, the Bucks Twitter and you follow like the Raptors fans, they they seem to like hold a grudge from the 2019 Eastern Conference Final, which we won. <laughs> came back from 2-0 down. Um, yeah. And actually, that's probably more the thing that's putting the Bucks on the therapy couch more than Raptors fans. That's kind of weird. Yeah, so I don't get it. I, you know, I think there's like, and Raptors just assumed that because Giannis and Masai had a relationship that he was going to sign there. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I have no idea. I don't get the animosity um so but yeah i mean i was honestly pretty surprised the way the suns were rolling you just figured there was going to be suns in five suns in six that's what everyone was predicting i mean um but really i think like i feel bad for chris paul but you know ultimately when it comes down to it like the the non-knee injury on Giannis would basically save the whole series um because if he was not playing these games, obviously they would not be winning. And I honestly think that Chris Paul was super hurt. I, I know he put up a lot of points last night and he was like in the high twenties, um, but he was clearly hurt. And I mean, it, it seems weird that I'm like, would they really miss Dario Saric? <laughs> but I think they did. Tory Craig. <laughs> not a hundred percent. I think they kind of missed you know, Dario being like a pretty competent backup center forward, whatever they need him for. But um, yeah, I think like, it, I don't know if they were really out coached. Like I, I have a hard time saying that Budenholzer like out coached anyone, but, but now, I mean, good. I, I mean, I'm super happy that John has got a title. It's going to like cement his legacy as one of the best big men all time. I feel bad for the Suns. I mean, I just feel like they're cursed. And this was their chance. This was the Suns' chance. Um, because next year, uh, I don't think that Chris Paul stays there, first of all. Secondly, uh, they got to the, sign Aiton, too. They got to sign Aiton. 
And the West is going to be better. I mean, Jamal Murray is going to be back. The Nuggets are going to be good again. The Lakers are going to try to pick up a point guard. The Clippers, if they're, if they're healthy, are going to be good again. I mean, that's a big – and also, who knows where Dane goes. So, I think, like, the offseason is going to be pretty interesting. Um, and the West is going to be super interesting. As for the East, I mean, it, it's really – really awesome that Milwaukee got it because it's probably going to be Brooklyn next year. So get it uh, in now. And honestly, it's like, I'm happy for Bucks fans for 50 years, like as a long suffering Toronto sports fan, I'm sure it's like the fans in Milwaukee are having a field day. I think what you're bringing up, which is so interesting was, you know, the, the Phoenix Suns. Now look, best record in the Western conference. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, honestly, got pretty lucky with some injuries the same way Milwaukee got lucky with, you know, Brooklyn breaking down again in their playoff series. But the Dario Sarge thing that you're bringing up is is really important because without just Sarge and Torrey Craig, not that they were like integral players, but they reminded me a lot of the Hawks where they kept throwing guys at you and they kept shooting threes. And somewhere along the way in this finals, the Bucks were able to get away playing basketball without having to shoot a ton of threes. And I think the Suns went 6 of 25 or 26 last night. If they had made a couple more, sure, they would have been closer in the game. But Milwaukee didn't have to play that style. I mean, is it ironic to you that all season long, even the casual fan that doesn't watch hoops is like, the NBA is just three-pointers and no defense now, blah, 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 when the Bucks literally just won the title not shooting threes and Giannis is the, is the force in the paint, you know, blocking five shots in game six. Yeah. I mean, the biggest play of the finals was that block. Right. And then like probably the deciding factor after, you know, starting in game three was drew holiday wearing Chris Paul down. So it's like, yeah, wear down defense and blocks is basically what won the championship. Um, Yeah. I mean this, and also back to the point, what you were saying about like injuries, like getting lucky with injuries, but this always happens. Right. And every year we're like, well, you know, they got lucky with injuries. This happens every single year. The healthiest team is usually the team that goes the farthest. So no one goes to the final and wins without a superstar. It's like, we know these, this already. Yeah. And Chicago, Chicago Bulls fans, mind D Rose has three rings. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like seriously. Yeah, and, and, and Vince Carter won a championship with Toronto. But um, <laughs> he, he played great in that series. <laughs> yeah, really great job. I'm glad he made the graduation. Uh, he didn't look tired at all. He hit that shot. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so overall, I'm like, I'm super happy for Milwaukee fans. I thought it was going to be the Suns. I mean, how do you not? They were roll. I know they were like, yeah, they faced depleted teams. But these are like depleted teams in the West that are good, you know, and well-coached. And I mean, I honestly think that if Kawhi was playing, the Clippers would have beat him. Um, that didn't happen. Uh, and the Bucks, the Bucks looked dead in the water after Game One. Like Game One happens, you're like, well, I, I don't even think they can win a game. Yeah, they're screwed. And mentally, I was like, the only way they're going to be able to win a game, even one game, is if they like physically dominate the Suns and start becoming agitators and and play bully ball. And I mean. They did. They basically like wore them down. And I mean, the game, the game in Phoenix that the Bucks just, I mean, pretty much other than the first quarter led the whole way. You're like, I I don't think that the Suns have a chance. Like it it is really funny how the narrative flipped after game three. So quickly. Uh, 
so quickly. It went from the Suns are going to sweep him or win in five to after game three being like, I don't think that the Suns can win another game. And it's crazy because they lost four in a row for a team that won so many games. That was so strange to me that that happened. And you're right, it turned into kind of like the first home team that loses. Now we have ourselves a series, but really it kind of just became the nail in the coffin. Going back to Chris Paul, look, we'll never know, right? I mean, is he old and was it the minutes that kind of like weighed on him? Did he have something on his right side? I did notice everyone's been talking about the right hand a lot. He did have a drive last night where he clearly could have gone up with his right hand and went up with his left. Like he did the opposite body thing. I don't know if he was trying to draw fall or he was trying to protect his hand. Looked like he didn't have any like trust in his range outside of like 15 feet. My question for you though, is just in general in a sports landscape in general, which do you like more? Which do you find yourself rooting for a little bit more? And maybe this goes back to the Mahomes Brady thing. The last time we talked, do you like rooting for the young athlete who's, kind of sort of paid his dues but maybe coming into his prime winning his title or do you like seeing the old goat who's been through the wars and the battles and he's got the scars all over his face finally getting a taste of glory yeah it's the old goat every single time yeah, me too i was kind of rooting for cp3 yeah i mean and also i like i hated him in the Clippers series he was making me crazy and you know but then he is kind like you want him to win a title you know the first time this happened it was when um, it was when Ray Bork got yes. from the Bruins to the Colorado Avalanche. They traded him and just thank God now he can finally be laid to rest. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank God he doesn't have Adam Oates to deal with. Um, but anyway, uh, that was like the first. I, I like and John Elway, of course, and you know even Peyton winning in Denver. But you know what's really funny is like, you know, I, I dab, I watch like the hot take, <laughs> hot take, um, sports analyst shows in the morning. Oh, and the heat, the heat index today on that has got to be very, very high. There's got to be a lot of hot takes going around. Oh my God. I, I, I literally can't. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. First of all. Um, and w what is really funny is everyone was like, after game two, they were like, all right, Chris Paul did it. What does this mean for his legacy? And it was basically cemented. It's not a, it wasn't a done deal. And now what, right? Now the exact opposite is true. And everyone has to defend that in a weird way. Like it would have been cool if Chris Paul would have won the championship. Everyone kind of figured that was going to be a thing. His legacy was already being rewritten. And now it's not. And now Giannis, the young upstart, has his first title uh, who knows how many more he gets in Milwaukee. He's obviously going to stay there. Um, so w whether, and if he's going to stay there for long enough, you know, other teams in the East, I don't think that the Brooklyn Nets can maintain what their roster and, and their health for the next five or 10 years. Um, so they're going to be back or competitive in the East for a long time. So yeah, it's kind of cool to see the first one. It would have been cool to see Chris Paul win one. But, I mean, the Suns were terrible. This, I mean, the Suns, before the bubble, were like the second-last team in the league. And then Chris Paul kind of came in there and re reinvigorated them. But, I mean, truth be told, that's probably what happened, is Paul got a little hurt. He couldn't really um, – first of all, he's a veteran. He's been in a lot of big games, but he's never been in the finals. Devin Booker and, and Aiden haven't been there. So I, I think 
that the fact that Milwaukee had been to, I mean, they had a, a poor run of it. And, you know, it, rem, it reminds me like this Suns team minus like Chris Paul reminds me of like the OKC Thunder when they had like, mm-hmm. you know, Durant and all that. Aiton and, and Booker are going to be great. That's a great point because that Thunder team was was incredible, right? And then they got to the finals, and you kind of walked out of that final scratching your head being like, who is this team? And then they traded James Harden. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they're too young. Like, right. you know, they just – to play in the finals or at least like in – as a unit too because you have to remember like Aiden and Booker are pretty young. Paul came in and kind of gave him the, you know, veteran stuff. But Middleton – and Giannis were playing together for, what did they say, eight years? Yeah, I thought it was five, and they were like, eight long years, and you were like, Jesus. How old am I? But yeah, I guess eight years. A lot of people play together for eight years. Yeah, they're called doctors. Uh, that's a long time. It's a long time to be together. I want to ask you, you just said, you mentioned hot takes. Yeah. And I guarantee you this is a hot take going around right now, and I want to talk to you about it. And I was thinking about it this morning on the walk, and they're not the same – they're not the same player, right? Or they don't have the same physical necessary attributes, but they're kind of, I feel like, on the same narrative. And I feel like Giannis is on the other end of where Josh Allen is right now in the NFL, where Josh Allen got drafted, right? Kind of a project, kind of raw, but ma- amazing physical attributes. Mm-hmm. Two seasons later, cut forward, all of a sudden he's out of nowhere dominating leading his team, becoming the focal point, going super far, and then kind of sort of fell short in the playoffs. Well, right now I think the narrative is a little bit, Josh Allen is great, but if he doesn't win in the next year or two, people are going to start giving him a hard time and saying, can he win the big game? Mm-hmm. This is the Giannis story, right? Came mm-hmm. in, everybody loves him, a couple years go by, and all of a sudden, can you win when Giannis is the best player on your team? Can Giannis like make the big shot in the end? And I'm sure today those same motherfuckers that were saying that shit the other day about him are now saying, you know, Giannis, he's amazing. That's what you want to build your team around. A guy like him, a guy who's loyal. Are you seeing kind of where I'm going with this a little bit where we build these guys up? If they don't win exactly when we want them to, we immediately start tearing them down until proven otherwise. Also, we're talking about two pretty woeful franchises, right? Who is, they're absolutely thirsty. Yeah, thirsty. Yeah, to have anybody want to play there at all in the first place. Like, the fact that you can get. (laughs) Wait, wait, you want to play here? Oh my God. In Milwaukee? Like, are you, I will say I did have, like, I do think that Milwaukee is a great sports town. I went to go watch a Brewers game there once and I had a blast. Um, They literally, like a, a little bus came to the bar and dropped me off at the game and then dropped me right back at the bar. Uh, I really appreciate that. The bus driver smacked you on the butt and said, go have a good time. Yeah, They're very yeah. nice up there. They're nice up north. And listen, the 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 people of Buffalo are a very nice people. Um, there's nothing wrong with the city. The city is great. It's super nice. Um, but do we really want, like if I were a superstar top caliber player, do I want to live in Buffalo, New York or, or like Rochester? I don't know where they live. Like, I don't think they live in downtown Buffalo. Um, if, if like, do I want to spend my winters in Milwaukee? I probably don't. So, but also back to the, your story about like, you know, the hot take people are fans. Yeah, of course. 
it would be great if uh, your franchise player stayed in your, you know, lowly city and, and won a title for you, but that's doesn't happen. It never happens. Like when, when has it really happened? Like, I can't even think of an opera, like Joe Sackick, like, like in hockey, like what, what are you talking about? Michael Jordan. But even then he ended up like the wizard stuff doesn't count, but like, who is like this franchise guy who was devoted to his city forever? That was that isn't a major that isn't a major city because you know Kobe comes to mind, right? But he's in Los Angeles. Yeah, I can. We I think both of us who live here can wrap your heads around being the toast of this town. But yeah, no, it's the it's literally the the relationship of the athlete and the fan. Where the fan knows that this athlete's kind of out of their league, yeah, a little yeah. bit, you know, and then the athlete says that they love you back, and you just. You, you just go head over heels for it, but you're always kind of maybe wondering if the shoes ever going to drop, right? If they're ever going to look for greener pastures somewhere else, which is kind of what's going on with Aaron Rodgers in green Bay. Right. I mean, right. he gave him 15 good years, but now he's kind of like, I don't fucking want to live in green Bay anymore. I kind of want to go somewhere else. Yeah. He opted from, from being the highest paid player in the NFL. And he was like, I'm okay. Thanks. <laughs> like He's obviously going to, try his hardest not to play in green Bay. Um, okay. They can start Jordan love. And, but then, you know, what, where does he, everyone's gonna be like, he's looks weird in that Jersey. And then a million people post other players who look weird in other jerseys. And like, that's how they get clicks. And you know, who cares? They're gonna play superstar players move around. And sometimes it's not even that they like, you know, I think I, I immediately think about Wayne Gretzky getting traded from the Oilers, you know, it's sometimes it's not even up to the player. Sometimes the franchise is like, you know what? Uh, actually, this player is getting like, believe me, I think if Belichick had a shot, he would have gotten rid of Tom Brady already. Right. Yeah. And, and now it's like, well, the loyalty, everyone's like, well, Tom Brady is playing in Tampa. What, what, isn't that weird? He's not really loyal to, to, to New England. It's like, well, that's just the nature of the business. What are you talking about? Is this how you've gotten over Kawhi? This kind of working through the process and one hundred percent, yes. He, <laughs> listen, uh, he was going to say la vie, such as life. <laughs> he was going to LA. It's the whole plan that he had from the beginning. If Toronto yeah. fans, the only thing that makes me feel weird about it is if you win the title and you have a one-year option, why not run it back? Right? It it doesn't make sense. So like. But he wanted to go to L.A. He didn't want to spend another year in Toronto, so he didn't. Um, and he would have, if he did resign for the one year, he would have been in the bubble in Orlando, and it wouldn't have really mattered anyway. But, like, if he had the, the year option, you just want a title, the Raps had a chance to keep that team together, and he, he opted out. But, like, his intention – I mean, that whole, that whole thing was like, he was holding out on the Spurs. The Spurs didn't want him to trade him to anywhere in the West, right? Basically, especially. He wanted to go somewhere warm and yeah. then that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And like what they, they weren't going to trade him to Miami or, you know? Um, so they're like, okay, we'll trade you to the number one team in the East. Right. Yeah. And he was like, cool. He wins the title and he's like, great. I don't care about this city. I don't know what he like. I'm obviously going to still stick to my guns and try to play for the Clippers. I mean, was his intention to play for the Lakers at one point? Probably when he was with the Spurs 
and LeBron wasn't there, he would have gone to the Lakers. But anyway, that, that's my justification. I think it's and, and in your heart of hearts, um, because we're talking about Chris Paul, we're talking about what ifs, and we're talking about Giannis, which was a what if and now has turned into reality. Yeah. Did you what? You know, a normal world, the year after you won the title, do you feel like you could have repeated? You know, with you know, do you feel like if the Lakers had gotten together? the way that they did with LeBron and AD, do you think you guys would have had a good chance to repeat? Or you kind of sort of maybe deep in your heart wish that you had that one moment, it was perfect, and Kawhi kind of left town on top? I think if we had – no, I think we – like Lowry, Van Vliet, if Siakam and Ananobi were healthy uh, and, we, we, and Kawhi stayed another year, I think we – make it to the Eastern Conference Final 100%, at, at, least, at least. I mean, you never know what happens. Well, and then all, it's all that's all bets are off if you get to the Final Four, honestly, yeah. right? And also, it was the bubble year. Um, yeah, I know. That's that. That's what's tough. That's what's tough about that, too. Like, it's just hard to predict what would have happened that season regardless. And this year was difficult to predict, too, right? We're talking about a shortened schedule, right, that started a little later. The Lakers and the Heat had zero rest, and you can obviously tell the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it went a little longer. There was way more injuries. I mean, I mean, that was the big narrative halfway through the season or three quarters of the way through is how many people were getting hurt. Um, and we lost a lot of stars. I mean, we, for the whole year and we already didn't have clay from the year before clay Thompson from the Warriors. Like, and now next year, I mean, hopefully we get back to some semblance of normalcy. I mean, I, I was super grateful that I was able to go to a game this year, you know, which is already like a miracle of science that we could all have this like wonderful vaccine and be a fan again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope next year is a little more normal. If a little more normal means that like, we're going to have a super team in the West and a super team in the East who are going to be there for 10 years, like we had with the Cavs and the Warriors. I mean, that sucks. I like it when there's a new, some fresh blood in the finals. It's kind of cool that we've had a new champion for the last four years um it's so, cool that the east has won some titles these last couple of years right between the Cavs, raptors and now the bucks i mean honestly this has been a west western conference dominated nba for i think the better part of the last i don't know 10 years you know if lebron's not involved you know what i mean so i i i like that too as well i'm also really curious you know you're talking about normalcy next year i'm really curious to see what that this whole injury thing that's happening because it's happening in baseball too mm-hmm and you know the nfl did a full season last year so i don't know if it's going to affect them so much but we we've seen a lot of stuff with the nba and baseball it's funny just how these bodies work right you think time off might actually help you heal up but if you're not able to perform at that level for a span of time chances of you getting injured are higher it's just kind of weird like i can't imagine could you imagine doing comedy like you do stand up for like seven months and you have to be off the road for four and you get back out there and you like pull your back fifth joke in <laughs> and then that becomes the bit split middle back in go yeah. get a cortisone shot right in the spine norm's not funny tonight i think he's hurt I think that's what it's while well, he's been having wrist problems he's holding the mic weird uh, <laughs> very weird uh, he will never tell you though he'll gut it out <laughs> first of all a couple of things that you meant about the, just the injuries in general it's like yeah i think it's a little more important for the nba because it's a superstar like it's a star driven league yeah and, and you know i think the NA, nhl had a bunch of injuries this year you know whatever 
it, it's more of a, a you root for your team. Baseball, I mean, sure. Like if your ace number one pitcher or your number one hitter is like out, but like who even knows with baseball? Like why are the Red Sox good? I, you know, I don't get it, um, but they are. So it is what it is. Like in the NFL also, um, I mean, they will, there's nothing stops them. Nothing will stop a team. If, if they're, you know, was it this, this past year, the, the Denver Broncos put, got like uh, the fucking field crew guy to like go and QB? It was their practice squad wide receiver yeah. came in to play quarterback. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> it's like, it was like a, out of, it was like a radio contest or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, that, that one was, that one was weird. And that's probably the one moment where you're like, all right, competitive balance. I'm not so sure. They're just trying to jam this game in. Yeah, of course. Cause nothing like it, it's relent. Like they will not stop. Football will happen. I remember last year, like when COVID first hit, I was a little worried that like everything, you know, hockey had stopped, uh, NBA had stopped. Baseball was like, you know, thinking about stopping. I think they ended up coming back without fans to cut us, but I was like curious. I'm like, am I going to like go back? Is there going to be an NFL season this year? And like, I, I talked to a friend of mine at Fox and they're like, oh yeah, are you nuts? Like <laughs> it's happening, but there's no, nothing will stop NFL football from happening. And, uh, and they were right. I want to get into some NFL and some baseball with you in a second. Got one more for you. This is going to go a little bit on the Chicago sports side of things. I want your scouting report. I want your vibes. I want your thoughts. Uh, Kyle Lowry, NBA champion, Toronto Raptor, 35-year-old, going to be a free agent in the offseason. He could easily resign with the Toronto Raptors. But I want to get your thoughts on just him, um, the type of player that he is, the direction that maybe he's heading in his career now that he is 35, because there is a possibility that I know that the Suns just lost the finals, but there are going to be a lot of teams out there, namely my Chicago Bulls, that might look at a veteran point guard and say to themselves, hey, we can turn this thing around really quickly if we have, you know, a captain guiding the ship and facilitating an offense the way that Kyle Lowry can. So, you know, what's your what's your uh, position on him right now? Would you like to see him resign with the Raptors? And what kind of player is a new team going to be getting if they uh, sign a veteran Kyle Lowry? Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone tried to copy the Raptors with the Kawhi deal, right? That's the blueprint win now kind of attitude. And a lot of people are going to try to mimic what the Sun did, Suns did. They, like, went from one of the worst teams in the league. They showed some promise in the bubble. Like... Chris Paul is not just a veteran player who like, you know, can shoot, is a great passer, uh, has great vision, but also is like, he's a coach. He's the coach on the floor, you know, and you don't always need to call a timeout because he knows the play and he kind of knows what to do. Yeah. That's kind of what you're getting with Kyle Lowry. He, he's a coach on the floor. He's great at drawing fouls. I mean, is there anyone better at taking a charge? Like, no. <laughs> so I don't really know. I don't know the Bulls contract situation or, or where their cap is at. Like, I guess you guys have Levine and Markinen. Who, who else is like? So our situation briefly is we got Vucevic, who's going to be coming in at about 20. Levine's coming in next year in the final year of his deal. I think he's at about 22, but they're talking maybe extension with him. And then Markinen's a restricted free agent. So in this course right now, there is a strong chance they do not you know, sign him for $80 million, $85 million. I don't think Markkanen's actually worth that money. So you could let him walk, and then you can move a Tomas Sadoransky, 
Um, and El Farouk, I mean, I know big, big names. We can move big names. Off. You can move these guys off the books and suddenly then you can be in the game where you can offer a Kyle Lowry, you know, the $30 million he's probably going to require. Yeah. Um, you know, is, is, is he worth that at that age? Because 35 might scare a lot of people, but now we're seeing a lot of these veteran point guards and obviously modern medicine and sports. These guys can play a lot longer now and stay at a high level. Yeah. I think it like, I don't think he's going to stay a Raptor. I think they'll probably try to pursue a sign and trade. Hmm. Um, and I, I think his value is, I mean, I don't think there's value for the bulls. I don't, I don't really know if the, if the bulls make sense. Also like a lot of trade rumors about the Pelicans, like getting rid of Lonzo, putting him with, um, with Ingram and Zion to like kind of show them the ropes, which is kind of more like a sudden situation. I don't think Lowry is going to go to a situation where he doesn't have a chance to win a championship. It's like, I think his value, no matter what his contract is, uh, if they can make the money work is probably better suited for Philly. And I know like the Lakers are looking for a point guard. Philly Lakers, Miami seem to be the three teams that are going to be probably vying for his services. Yeah. And I don't know if, if Masai is too keen on putting him in Miami. Um, but truth be told is like you look at what the lakers you know their run this year they really could have used a veteran point guard you look at yeah. at philly and you know say what you will like simmons is a playmaker who can pass but the, i mean the guy can't shoot so um if you're i feel like the ben simmons situation in philly is i'm gonna bring it back to i'm just bringing back so many toronto sports references but it reminds me of the De demar DeRozan situation where it's like, he's great. Oh God, yeah. He had terrible playoff games, man. Terrible playoff games. DeMar actually probably fit in the system better um, because Philly has a problem where Embiid and Simmons, your top two stars, both need to score points in the paint. So, <laughs> like, what are you going to do with that? So, and also, you can't really win with them. You're stuck with Doc Rivers, right? You just signed him. You're pretty much going to give him another, at least another year. I mean, you have to. And Daryl Morey is now, I mean, he's pissed, right? He's pissed that he lost the Rockets job, and you have to think that he's trying to work overtime. And of all the guys, he is one of the most active general managers. And I think he's one of the guys, too, that you wake up one day and you're like, whoa, didn't see that coming. You know, he makes those types of moves. Yeah, and even this morning I'm seeing stuff that, like, you know, the Lakers are pursuing Chris Paul. Um, yeah. Oh, God. I know. God help us all. <laughs> But you know, this is this is always gonna. Happen. This is the trade machine, you know. And it's I'm like, just imagining real quick LeBron and Chris Paul reacting to a personal foul in the second quarter of a January game, and yeah, I'm yeah. just picturing their faces, and I'm just I'm I'm horrified. Both yeah. just dumbfounded. Um, yeah, and it's like you know, a team that really we really haven't mentioned that really could use a player like that is like the Knicks, who came close, who like sh are showing some promise. Why not get like a veteran, you know, smart, wily, coach in the floor kind of player? Um, again, I I'm not a really, I'm not a cap guy, so I don't know every team's like salary situation, or, or what what they can do. But I mean, if also, I always, people are always like, well, you don't know because the cap and all their players. I'm like, how does Brooklyn get like all of these? What do you mean the cap? Clearly, it doesn't matter. The Bulls suck. And you were like, what's their cap situation? And you were correct to ask that because it's honestly, it's super tight. That makes no sense to me how you can be a mediocre franchise 
and and still be up against the cap. And and that's the part. I mean, good for the NBA, right? Like the seventh guy off the bench makes eleven million dollars a year. You know what I mean? That's kind of where some of that's at and where a lot of that money goes. I've heard nothing. It doesn't seem legitimate, but I've heard Pascal Siakam's name in a couple of would we could we's in terms of trades. Are you buying on Pascal long term? Felt like maybe I don't want to say he took a step back last year, but it seems like he's 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 a little stagnant maybe in his development because I think a lot of people thought that he was going to be, you know, a major all star. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a couple of things that are going on there. First of all, the Toronto Raptors hated playing in Tampa. They absolutely hated it. They did. Yeah. Like apparently, like even the reporters who were there covering the team, they were miserable. So they had a really really slow start to the season and because. They, it was like they had enough, they had a second bubble year basically, right? Um, and Pascal was not happy, and obviously, Lowry was out for a, a big part of the season, and there was all these questions and this and that about the team. So, yeah, they didn't play well, and, and he didn't play well. He's young, uh, and people are gonna be like, Oh, he's not that young, he's been in the league for, well, I mean, that's I, big. I, we're doing the thing. We're doing that sports thing to the guy where he, he flashes and shows potential for all-star, maybe even, dare we say, greatness somewhere down the road. And when he doesn't give it to us right away, the the blog boys go, let's trade his ass. You know what I mean? And that's what maybe what's happening. Yeah, and also you don't recognize the human element of it where it's like he didn't play well because he was miserable. Because, <laughs> like, he didn't want to be in Tampa, you know? like Yeah. If, if like this happens to so many players with teams that are irrelevant and garbage, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure not a lot of players are happy to be in Charlotte or in like, I mean, I, I'm sure I'd be happy to, even if the bulls are terrible, for example, Chicago is at least a great town, you know, like, yes. so uh, like it reminds me of like in the NHL, like I'm sure a lot of hockey players, I mean, they love golfing. So I guess they don't mind being in, in, uh, Phoenix or the Arizona Coyotes or whatever. Yeah, the Phoenix Coyotes. I was thinking too. I was like, ah, you know, maybe not the greatest fit in the world. I don't know if that's the same for them. Listen, if if I was in a, a, a situation in which my franchise was garbage or I didn't like the city I was in, like, and I was super young and not like mature enough to be like, no, like the game is what is the most important thing. And he has Lowry there, and he's already had a taste of winning. But the truth is, is he is like he has length he can shoot he can he's quick he can like he had he can play defense and he's got og i mean og pascal and fred van vliet are basically untouchable they're going to be the core going forward um i i think getting a sign in trade for, for lowry would be the best possible situation that even if that doesn't happen I mean, they're going to stick with those three. And, and I think anybody who's like, is, 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 I mean, although who knows, I just know for a fact that, that Masai is not going to lose a trade. That's why we didn't deal Lowry uh, this year. I mean, there was, there was talk that there was a, a deal in place. For- Gory Rajic and, uh, and some, a bag of beans or something. And it's never worked like, out. The Lakers wouldn't give up Talon Horton Tucker or whatever his name. Are you crazy? Like, Keep trying. <laughs> like the Miami Heat didn't want to give up Tyler Hero. It's like, what is going on here? Um, so whatever. Now those and both those teams, I mean, well, maybe not Miami, but certainly 
in hindsight, the Lakers, I mean, would have made that deal. They'd, they'd have to, right? Like they basically they were a point guard away from from making it at least the Western Conference Finals, right? They went. To, they played in the. They were in the playing tournament. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it, like the NBA is every single summer now, crazy shit's about to go down, and a lot of stuff is going to change. And while at some point we're going to look at these rosters a lot differently, there is going to be that little open window to maybe for a team that sticks together. You know, like everyone's discounting a team like the Raptors because maybe let's just say Philadelphia trades X, Y, and Z, and they look a lot different and all this other stuff. But sometimes those teams with continuity can actually be the ones that sort of sneak up on you that following year after so much heavy turnover. I want to keep it up north, but I want to switch sports real quick. We got to talk about Big Bad Voodoo Vladdy. Um, <laughs> going for the Triple Crown. Hitting 328, 31 homers, I think 75 RBIs right now. Off to a little bit of a slow start since absolutely dominating that all-star game just kind of fill the listeners in a little bit about about uh big bad because you know americans were not allowed up there norm um well, you know, so days weren't allowed up there so. what goes on up there yeah <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah you're wearing a blue jays hat i got my socks hat on this is like the 92 um alcs all over again but dude just talk about a guy who probably isn't getting enough pub um and deserve and he deserves a lot more as being one of the rising stars in the MLB. Yeah, he's he's going to be up for MVP talk this year, right? I mean, he's got how many is he at 32 home runs yet or he's, yeah, he's got 31 homers, 75 RBIs, 328. So the bat he was batting average leader and he's kind of he's in like 230 in July right now, which is that'll that'll go up. It'll be fine. Yeah. So and he, then he's a couple homers away from Shohei, and I think he's like three or four RBIs. I mean, he's right there for the Triple Crown, man. It is definitely there for the taking. If if Otani keeps his pace, I mean, the guy can throw 100 miles an hour, and he's hitting, you know, 30 plus. Anyway, uh, if Otani hits 40 home runs and, like, has, like, eight wins, he should get the MVP. Yeah. Um, but – you know, as a Jays fan, we've been. This is what we've been dreaming for. I went to to go see a Buffalo Bisons game that he was playing in Buffalo. Drove down there, the affiliate. Um, and uh, after, actually, this is a pretty funny story. Uh, I, me, me and Alana, my wife, got married, and we had some uh, friends who were coming down from Toronto, and I, and they wanted to go to San Francisco because uh, they heard that Vladdy was getting called up. So he got called up like. So they, they had a sneaky suspicion. So they booked the ticket anyway. And we went to Vegas. We got married. Uh, and we immediately after the wedding, we uh, Vlad got the call up like the week before. And he had a slow start, like most players who get called up at first and they're trying to like figure out uh, where they are. We, um, we drove up to San Francisco right after the wedding and we saw Vladdy hit his first home run and then his second home run that same game. Um, so yeah, this is what we wanted. He's already, I mean, I don't put much stock into all-star games. I, I, I don't think that they're entertaining or fun at all, but I understand how people like them. All the stars are in one place. That's super fun. I don't think winning an all-star game MVP means anything. Doesn't help with the rating. <laughs> he hit a home run. Yeah. Like, I don't, wait, did they change that rule? Is it still whoever wins the all-star game gets home field advantage? The they, they changed that. They ah. changed, thank God. Thank God. I believe that they changed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's anyway, I was like, well, at least that I, I don't, I didn't hate, you hated that idea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated that idea because 
I enjoy the pageantry and the pomp a little bit more than you do, it sounds like. But at the same time, I also believe that the game is total bullshit and completely non like inconsequential. Again, we talked about injuries before previous in the pod. I mean, if you're feeling a little tight a couple of days before the All-Star game, a lot of these big names just don't go anymore, right? And so the incentive there... You know, I was lucky enough the Cubs went to the World Series in 16, so I just had like a recent rem- like memory of this where the game's in July. You go through all this baseball, and it's like mid-October. You literally have to play the game of, oh, shit, like where is game one of the World Series again? Oh, because of the All-Star game that felt eons away, and I, this doesn't feel good to me. Well, we both agree that something needs to happen with the All-Star game for any for anyone to have any interest. It's, well, the truth be told is, it's for children and the people in the city to go and have some beer and popcorn. Right. And as a kid, I loved it. Of like, course. loved it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, totally. Um, wow. How do you feel about this? Just quickly before I get make uh, talk about Vladi some more. What is your take on the DH? Do you, you like the DH or, or you wish that the, like, you like the American? I've, I've never been, uh, I've never been a purist. I do like the DH. Um, I think universal DH, I think it's a long time coming personally. And just my long short of it is. I, I love professional hitters. I like when they can get the chance to stay in the game. Um, I think a veteran hitter is one of the finer, I think it's one of the more finer dishes that you could ever order at a baseball game is, is that old veteran hitter that can do it. And, you know, for guys like Vlad Guerrero Jr., who we're, yeah. we're going to get back to here, you know, came up a little on the chubby side, right? Sure. And now he's he's slimmed down a little bit, but don't think in 10 or 12 years, we're still not going to want to watch Vlad Guerrero Jr. bat, and he might, you know, get a little bit of that tire action around the waist again. So I want that DH. Yeah, it's like you know the Jays. The Jays signed Frank Thomas when he was older, and he was obviously had a great year. Had a great year. So yeah. I like the DH. I think like th- this team with Vladdy and Bichette, and obviously um, Simeon and and Teoscar Hernandez is playing well. Yeah, yeah, uh, and even yeah, Biggio. Um, it's like Vladdy is our probably the best guy since Jose Bautista. Like hey, Joey Bats, is it is it rivaling that that love that fandom? Oh, oh more. Oh, oh no, he's already in terms of like the Jays fandom. Yeah. I think Vladdy Guerrero has surpassed Bautista already. Really? Yes, 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 yes. I think it's because he was like a homegrown guy and and. Vladdy Sr. playing in Montreal. I mean, the bat flip is, is like an all-time, like, Jays moment, top five. I mean, if we were to count down the Jays moments, it's like, obviously, Joe Carter's home Yeah, run. I was going to say Joe Carter. <laughs> something Paul Molitor did uh, <laughs> one time. Uh, Pat Borders winning the World Series MVP. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but Vladdy's up. He's got to be, like, just seeing him come up through our system and if he sticks around – and like these early years are all great. I really think that the Jays could duplicate what they did with Bautista those years when they went out and picked up, not that he was, did, you know, who they picked up made that much of a difference, but like when they went out and they're like, okay, we're going to go get Troy Tulowitzki. We're going to get David Price. We're going to make a run of it. Um, I think in the American League East right now with, I mean, those pesky Rays, those Tampa Bay Rays, it makes me crazy. Bullshit. Every year you're like, I have to do, I love the game. And every year I have to do homework on who's on that roster. Every year they make me do the homework because it's different and there's always random names. And 
It's crazy yeah, what they do. And, you know, the, the Red Sox are playing good. And I think that the Yankees, I think they're at some point going to make a, a have a string of wins in the second half. I mean, I don't know. It, maybe not, but they have a lot of talent. Well, they're just guys that, that's a team that you just don't want to play. Like, if you're the Blue Jays, who are, I mean, it's a tough division, right? It's by far the toughest division than outside maybe the NL West right now, give yeah. or take. You know, you want to get back in the mix a little bit, but it's just so difficult if you have to play a team like the Yankees, you know, tooth and nail all every, you know, all the day long. What's great about the White Sox right now is we get a healthy dose of the Twins, the Tigers, and the Royals. And honestly, you know, we've just been eating eating up our own division, and that's kind of given us, you know, the eight-and-a-half game lead that we have right now. Isn't that wild? It's like, yeah. And, some, and years, some years are like that, man. And, you know, that's that's part of the gig is definitely taking care of business in your own division. And that's, you know, that's part of the success. You know, whether the White Sox are a World Series caliber team or not is yet to be seen, but they're putting themselves in that position. And maybe they're building that, I don't want to call it maybe an illusion or facade, but they're kind of building the case that it can be possible because they're dominating the Twins, you know, every other week. Yeah, and who knows what happens when you get into the play, you know if they get into the playoffs and then they yeah. have to play other teams in the American League. But um, I think with the Blue Jays, I don't even know. I think they might make a move in the, in, to try to like catch up because I think there's six and a half games back. Tampa's a game back, and then Boston's in first. But uh, I mean, it does feel like this is the fun year. It, it seems like this is right. like oh, this is the fun, flashy young team, and next year feels like it's probably going to be like. But also this is like my Toronto mentality. Like, you know, it's always going to be next year, but you know, I want it to happen now, but I do think like if even the blue Jays went out and like picked up, because what really, what would the, what the blue Jays need is a bullpen. I mean, they just need closers. And, and I know like there's, you're getting good years from like guys like Robbie Ray, who hasn't always been like the best pitcher in the world, but you're getting a great year from him. You're you're right. The, The arrows pointing up on a lot of guys this year, Plus some of the young talent going on, and it wouldn't wouldn't kill you to maybe take a stab at it. Yeah, and if uh, what's really great is that Vladdy has a young supporting cast who are good. Who you know, like I think if we can hold on to Bichette and Vladdy, that as like a one-two punch, and they're super young and we can have them for a while. I mean, I think there's a lot of room to go and pick up a superstar next year or in the offseason. In terms of Vladdy, I mean, he's he's a young guy. Um, I've had him in fantasy baseball the last two seasons. I didn't get him this year because his value was a little bit too high. But the first two seasons, I was a, a big fan of him, thinking he was going to be awesome. And, you know, he reminds me a little bit of me. You know, I'm I'm constantly in negotiation and war with my own body, um, especially over the last year and a half. My body wants me to be fat just so badly, and I'm just fighting tooth and nail to hold that concept at bay. So as a sports fan... When you see a guy like Vlad Guerrero, is it frustrating for you or is it like galvanizing? I, I just love it sometimes when athletes like lose seriously 12 pounds and suddenly they become these incredible players. And it yeah. kind of makes me think like I've lost 12 pounds before and all I did was just think about eating fast food. I didn't gain any superpowers. Um, so is it frustrating or is it galvanizing when a guy like Vladdy gets into shape? It, it- well, first of all, when it comes to gaining weight, I won the home run derby. Uh, so <laughs> I've oh, here come the money balls, uh, yeah. <laughs> just cranking them out of the park. You know, um, yeah, I don't want to bring it back to basketball, but I just this is what happened with Kyle Lowry too, right? He was always like, yes, 
he got in shape and then he was like a million times better. And, you know, he's going to, that conditioning stuff, it, it's going to happen. It, it happens. It's going to happen. He's going to get in shape or he's basically going to get injured. I mean, this is not even, it's not even the look, right? Like if to even go back to basketball once again, but like you look at AD with the Lakers, right? It's not that he's, he looks out of shape. He just gets hurt all the time because he's not actually in shape. You know, so I, I think like, yeah, B, he's a little heavy. Um, he's going to get in, in shape. He's, again, still super young, right? Like, the, imagine what you were eating when you were 23 years old, right? Like, And at what time of day also? Like, I mean, I could pound half of a deep dish medium pizza at 2 a.m. Right. And wake up the next day and function. It's only when you like you get past twenty, like you get in your late twenties, where you're like, ah, better better have that smoothie, <laughs> you know. And Vlad, Vladdy is gonna wake up one day and be like, I need to start having smoothies, or else I'm not, I can't just do this, you know. This is not gonna, I'm losing money. This is what normally happens. Like, yes, they're like, well, my health and conditioning is costing me money. If he gets hurt or he's out of shape and he's gassed and he has a weird start to the season and everything, and he, you know, is not performing as well, he's going to change his mentality because it's a financial decision. Have you ever looked at a Big Mac and be like, this is going to cost me $3 million? <laughs> oh, dude. Fuck, I'm eating it. <laughs> I, always, I always think about this, too, like as an actor, right? Because especially, like, I still dabble in, like, TV stuff, but... It's like, I have this idea in my head where I'm like, you know, if I get signed on, you know, to do a Marvel movie, they'll just hire me a trainer. And it's like, no, they don't. No, you got to do it yourself. You need to do that yourself because it's part of the job, right? And it's like sports, it's part of the job. If you want to be great, you need to be fit. And, you know, I think it takes, it's a culture thing too in the clubhouse, right? You need one guy who's, this classically happened with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs in like the, the later end, the back half of the Matt Sundin years, they brought in Gary Roberts. Uh, and Gary Roberts is a freak who's like, is a gym freak. And then everyone be there like started doing the Gary Roberts like routine. And now like he trains a lot of these younger players now just to get them physically in shape. Like, you know, we forget a time when any sport base baseball players were literally chewing tobacco, right? Like they were drinking nonstop. Well, I don't know if you read this, but Chris sale, uh, Chris sale, the pitcher for the Red Sox the other day, literally just said in an interview, uh, he, he changed his diet uh, a year and a half ago. And by changing his diet, he meant he stopped eating a bag of Taco Bell or McDonald's before a game. This is a professional athlete in his early thirties. And he's patting himself on the back because he's like, yeah, it just helps with my sleep patterns and keeps me more hydrated. And I just stopped eating McDonald's before the game. Yeah, it's no like, shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like we were talking about Chris Paul in the first half of this podcast. What's the big turnaround? He, like, became a vegetarian. I don't know if he's full on vegan. Yeah, man. Hey, we all remember the kale craze in California in 2012. It changed everything among our friend groups. I mean, <laughs> who didn't? Did it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They wanted it to, but yeah, you know, no, but it's just funny. It was like, uh, trends, uh, we're all human beings and we all have these little circles and stuff. And sometimes like you're mentioning, it just takes maybe one person 
to either set some sort of example or produce or, or like present something to a group and then all of a sudden everyone's kind of doing it and in a weird way like in the trendy hipster style of la it was kale for a while and then quinoa had its moment or like wedge salad or some shit but yeah it, it's really interesting though that an individual can kind of like almost change the makeup of a locker room based on a habit of preparation that they have which is eat right and you know a certain regimen of exercise you know with the blue when the blue jays made their run with batista and, and edwin encarnacion and you know they they were having fun they were like a fun team who were, and then they brought in troy tulowitzki who may not have been putting up the numbers but he was like a serious dedicated like the baseball first kind of guy and it changed their mentality and like they made a run and every team in every sport needs that guy Last topic for you. Just got to get your thoughts on the NFL, man. Um, I'm like, I'm starting to get the the itchy legs. I'm starting to get the thoughts and thinking about fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. You don't get itchy legs. All right. I'm going to call my doctor after this anyways. Um, but you know, it's like six weeks away and I'm like, cause when I get into the NFL season, I just start kind of really diving in and there's going to be a lot of content coming here on this pod and other pods and just, I want to get your thoughts, man. Are you are you geared up? Are you ready to go? I'm sure you're in the writing process right now, coming up with ideas. But just in terms of the NFL season, is it has it hit you yet, or are you still a little bit in summer mode, which is allowed? Uh, listen, NFL is coming up, and my ass is tingling. Um, <laughs> Wait, oh my god, these side effects! Wait, is that, is that the NFL season might cause certain side effects, including <laughs> tingly ass. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it is really funny because I was like talking on the phone with uh, with a colleague the other day, and they were like, "Okay, well, you know, uh, and have a good month." See, you know, I'm like, "A month? <laughs> like, yeah, it's preseason is like mid-August. I mean, we're we're going into week one, like right after Labor Day." Um, yeah, it, it is. It, I think it's because the NBA season kind of went a little longer, and like kind of. Yeah, big time, yeah. Big time. And now, like, it's like, you're like, wait a minute, the All Star Game already happened, and then you're like, for baseball, and um, yeah, it is like right around the corner. I, and it's, I really have to start doing more homework. Like, I have, you know, for I already have a little bit of preparation for next year, like some ideas of what I kind of want to want to touch on. But like, really, there's been a lot of changes, and uh, there's been a lot of like moves that like I'm, I'm still going to be surprised to be like, oh yeah. Matthew Stafford is on the ranks, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> like I forget the, these things, and then they just happen, and you're like, oh yeah. So I do have to do a lot of homework, um, and but truth be told, it's like you really only get a feel for who's going to be good and who's going to be bad after week three. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope the Rams. I, I have a, I have an interesting, you know, Stafford's health is a big thing with the Rams with me personally. Like I, they just kind of scream to me that team that's going to be five and zero after five weeks, and we're all going to be like, our hair on fire for Matt Stafford MVP. They're going to the Super Bowl, this other stuff. But maybe by November, December, if he's a little banged up, maybe that story changes a little bit. So I don't think it's going to be a straight linear path for the Rams all year. So I'm curious to watch them. I did a guest spot the other day, and this one of uh, my colleagues on the panel thought the Browns were going to win the Super Bowl. Um, I thought that was a little hot. I know it's the summer, but that's a little bit of a hot take. You said that for this upcoming season? This up, up, upcoming season. The Browns. <laughs> I know I laughed. I chortled the same way you did. <laughs> the Browns. I love it. And I guess my, my, my final question for you might be, you know, as it stands right now, 
is your headspace more like in this coming on upcoming NFL season? I think it's more up for grabs than ever. I know this is supposed to be Patrick Mahomes' time, but is it because he just lost a Super Bowl? Does this make the next season up for grabs, or is this still kind of like the Chiefs? The Chiefs and sort of everybody else a little bit. I don't want to discount the Buccaneers, but obviously that is a team that has Tom Brady is still kind of in a new situation. The continuity isn't exactly the way it is that the Chiefs have it. How do you how do you maybe see it right now you know, from a far off lens? The Kansas City Chiefs are not the San Francisco 49ers. Like that that hangover year is not going to happen for them. They're going to be good. Uh, they're going to compete and they're going to be in the mix in the AFC. Like. The, the, it's the, that team is not going to break apart and like they could have a lull year like you know may, maybe they struggle a bit but I, I really don't think that that's Patrick Mahomes mentality I still think that the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC Brady I mean if it ha- if he pulls one out again this, this is a miracle it would be a miracle right yeah. there's no way right um, but it's possible I mean it's not impossible so it, it's I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I, I still think that the the Rams are going to cause a lot of problems. I think um, the, the I, I mean the Browns thing. I'm still kind of frazzled by. I guess it's like if they have all the receivers back and they're healthy. I mean, why not? But yeah, the my my pushback on that was um, great running game. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, pat yourself on the back. Good defense. Yeah, Odell Beckham coming back. Sure, let's all feel good about that. Yeah. But are you really telling me that? In January, Baker Mayfield because you you can't you can't run the ball all day long. You're going to have to complete a third and eight in a third or fourth quarter of a playoff game in January at some point. And you're telling me that Baker Mayfield is going to outplay a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Lamar Jackson, or even let's go further down the trough, a guy like a Ryan Tannehill or a Big Ben. I, I'm pretty skeptical on that yeah. front, so that's probably where I am with them. And I'm with you, man. I mean, I would not be shocked if the Chiefs are right back in the Super Bowl next year and and it's just kind of we're in that window and we're just kind of living living in that space. Yeah, I mean I, I it would be great if Baltimore had a run. I, th- I think they're going to be good again this year. I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't be good. Uh but yeah, I mean if you think if you look at the the like Baker Mayfield, he's going to have to play some cold weather game. I mean, Pittsburgh I think is not going to be like the Steelers aren't going to be what they I think this is like this is probably Big Ben's last year. Like it's got- oh, definitely the last year, and you're just maybe if you're a Steelers fan, fingers crossed that you, you're competitive and maybe you got a shot at. I, I I'm not gonna say Super Bowl, but you got a shot at maybe you know a playoff game. Wouldn't it be nice if it, you're walking into a Sunday? Big Ben's still in the playoffs. It's, it could be his last game of his career. As a Steelers fan, you got to kind of maybe hope for that. It would have been last year, in my opinion. If, if he wasn't, if he didn't get injured last year, I think the only reason he's coming back this year is because he got hurt last year. And he wants to I agree with you. I, I'm not a big load management guy. Uh, my wife's a huge Steelers fan. I keep telling her and her family members, I would honestly sit Ben from like weeks 11 to 14. Be the first team to ever be like, we are we are sitting you down, whether you're hurt or not, just to recharge that shoulder. Because he honestly looked like a guy that just couldn't throw a fastball anymore. Like his fastball went from 94 to 88. And he, and he just couldn't get it done. Maybe if he had a couple weeks off, maybe uh, he would have been able to recharge and look a little bit more like the guy that was the first two months of the season. You know, this is kind of what we talked about earlier when it comes to like the fans relationship with like uh, the, the guy who's been in the city forever. It's yeah. like, 
there's everyone wants Big Ben to like leave on a playoff win and like go off in the sunset. And it's like, what if he was just a guy who was who like Kurt Warner, who became a backup and like helped the guy who was coming up? Like, what's wrong with that? It, like, it, I don't know. It, I think it's like, it's dumb to think that he should end his career as a, as a for sure starter. It doesn't make sense. That's such an interesting point because even from a financial perspective, I know that there's like pride and ego and legacy and all this other stuff. But like after this year, what Big Ben? I think he's he's making something like thirty million dollars this year, right? He could easily probably tack on another forty million, or no, I'll take that back. Another twenty million as a backup the next four years for some team. Hold a clipboard. Yeah, do like you said, do the interviews of like, and then the the rookie uh, quarterback is like, you know, Ban's been such a big help to me. Just you know, he's putting his arm around me, showing me the playbook. He could literally cash in more by wearing a clipboard, and maybe he'll play a little bit with such little expectations. That's such like, an interesting way to think about it because there's go, money to be had there. Go to Buffalo, like Josh Allen is a young version of what you do. Like go. Tell him how to do it. You know he's going to soak up everything Mitch Trubisky has to teach him. Um, <laughs> they are going to trade war stories. Wait, so obviously this is like you know Chicago centric. Like, what's the Bears situation? So Bears situation is it's been dude, it's been such a roller coaster, right? Where obviously Mitch Trubisky was the the division on him, the the chasm between that is probably is as wide as America's right now. Like, you know, literally there was people that either wanted to believe in him and people that wanted to run him out of town. Finally ran him out of town. Phew, exhale. What do we go out and do? We sign Andy Dalton. Inhale and then exhale, inhale, and exhale, inhale into a brown paper bag because we were freaking out that Andy Dalton's going to be our quarterback. This is not a step up. No. So obviously, uh, you know, the snark came out super hard for a couple months from Bears fans. I even saw... Some Bears fans, and I've talked about this on this pod about Bears fans. We're going to start boycotting. Uh, <laughs> I was like, right. I was like, yeah, good luck with that, buddy. And then you know what? We go out and we trade up and we get Justin Fields. Yeah. And it's almost, you know, you're you're kind of dipped in those magic waters a little bit. Of the next five years are wide open and they're unknown, but they seem really promising. And you know, we're just kind of in rinse and repeat. Honestly, I I do want to think that Justin Fields is going to be a better player. Just the smaller stuff, like. I don't know, man. I love a quarterback when a quarterback, he's just like, I want to be a franchise guy. I want to be the number one dude. And Mitch was always just like, I'm going to do the best I can. And we were like, okay, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's just kind of, I think hope springs eternal. This season's going to be really fun because I have no illusions about the Super Bowl or anything like that. Uh, if we go to a playoff game with Justin Fields in it, I think that would be so incredibly fun. But other than that, it's just kind of get him some reps see how the team goes, enjoy the year, and just play with the possibilities. Yeah, I mean, Mitch Trubisky always had that backup plan of, like, he's just handsome. So you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess he has that. Uh, Dude, I think he's going to make $40 million over the next 10 years being a backup. Uh, I think what's really, like, your best-case scenario is you have, like, a Chargers situation where you're like, you know, Dalton starts week one, week two. Uh, Our trainer stabs him in the lungs with a needle. <laughs> Yeah, they literally fill his lungs with fluid. They give uh, him to Tyrod Taylor, and then Justin Fields comes in. Wasn't Tyrod? They like put his rib in his lung or something. Yeah, they wow. like they punctured they punctured his lung. Can't do that. Can't do that, Norm. But if Fields is like Herbert, 
you know, Justin Herbert, where you're like, oh, we have, you know, he started week three or week four, and you're like, oh, this maybe it was week two, and you're like, yeah, this this guy's good and fun and has energy, and it's like Fields can be that, and like even if you guys only get like three or four wins, who cares? Like at least you have, a, I mean, the quarterback situation in. Has it been the like? When was the last like really, really like legendary Bears quarterback? Never, never for Norm. I mean, so we had we had the the promise of Jay, which was right. the ultimate toxic relationship. You know, like we were almost like trying to convince ourselves to be in love with him while all of our friends couldn't stand to be around him at dinners. A, you know what I mean? He's a lunatic though. <laughs> like he, he's actually insane. Like, you I know, know. There's, I, I, it wasn't for Fox. I think it was for CBS where, or maybe it was, I think it might've been the ESPN job. He was like gunning for, he was going to get a gig. He was going to do a booth gig. And then he signed with the dolphins instead and played for a year with the dolphins and then just never went back to it. And now he sells meat by the box. Do you know he like didn't practice at all <laughs> for that for the the job? Like like so like Tony Romo, who's obviously has the CBS job, like did all kinds of homework. He like you know met, met all kinds of people. He like had a, a booth set up. It's like him and him and cousin Sal are good pals. So like you know Sal was like, oh yeah, he's like he, he's a natural and but he still like worked his ass off. Cutler apparently like just waltzed in wearing like Crocs and like a robe. It was like, huh? What's going on? Like no prep at all. Before we start, I got to use the can for ten minutes. I'll be right back. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean we had we had Jay, and then we had um, sexy Rexy Grossman. Oh, Rex Grossman. You know, he took us to the Super Bowl, so it wasn't really like we had a lot of faith in Rex, but Rex Wait, was did our... He, did he take you to the Super Bowl? Like, it was your... Wasn't it, it just... It, it, yeah, exactly, exactly. There's a lot of rumors of him that he took too much ecstasy in college, but that's a story for another pod. Um, okay. he, had, for, he had memory issues. And then before that, we had a guy named Jim Miller who was like, um, you know, the uncle that you grew up with that you suddenly watched playing a softball game and you didn't know that he was good at softball and he kind of had a flash of a moment. Eric Kramer for one season, and then Jim McMahon in 85, buddy. That's it. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Green Bay Packers have had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks the last 32 years. Yeah. Yeah, and, and even, like, even the Colts have had, like, I mean, well, who do the Colts have now? Didn't, didn't they just get – Carson um, Wentz. Yeah, they got Wentz. I think Wentz is going to be good there, actually. Um, I do, too. I mean, and that was, that was the other part with the Bears was when they got rid of Mitch, it was who are we going to trade for? And it literally went from – I believe it was it, we could have done Derek Carr for one first round pick. No, thank you. No way. Carson Wentz for two first round picks. No thanks. Probably not in your system. Yeah. Russell Wilson for three first round picks. I would have thought about it. I really, really would have thought about it. And then we did Justin Fields for two first rounders. So. I think Justin Fields is going to be good. I think so too, and I just want to again. We're going to start the narrative, right? He'll play one good game. We'll think that he's awesome, but in a year or two. We'll be talking again, and I'll do the whole thing of like, Norm, can he win the big game? <laughs> we'll, do that. we'll do that same stuff over and over and over again until the guy wins. I just hope that he's consistent, a guy that we can be proud of, and a dude that can have us in the mix every year because the Bears just haven't had that. We haven't like, we have never been the team that's like been in the mix, knocking on the door for like four or five straight years. I would, I would like to see something like that. Isn't it also like insane that we like put so much pressure? on like the quarterback up in a team sport when it's like the bears themselves have proven that 
your defense. Like sometimes you just need a good offensive line, you know, like it, it, it's so insane that we're like, can he, can Justin Fields win the big game? And you're like, well, can the organization as a whole not be total shit? It should be the question that people need to start asking. Yeah. And we've been dealing with that for <laughs> as long as I've been alive. So uh, NFL Fox's uh, Norm Sousa here on the pod. Norm, man, great to see you, dude. Thanks for hopping on. I uh, hope you're having a great summer. I'm excited to see your content in the fall. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Or maybe we'll hang out in person at some point with a Patrick Babbitt. Who knows what happens? I have the vaccine. Do you have the vaccine? I do. Sounds like we got a match. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Today's episode of Bet on Chicago is brought to you by betonline.ag. Make sure you head to the website because you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's pretty sweet with plenty of great baseball matchups coming up. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Thank you so much for listening to this pod. We got more coming up, but until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, when in doubt, always bet on Chicago. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.